When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Net. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sport. Great song. 106.3 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Murph and Andy had won, then the Fanatics and tonight's uh, Cyclone Radio. Uh, with Randy Peterson, Travis Hines, they come on at 6. You know, there was a major distraction in the game last night at one point. I had no idea about this prior to. Matt Norlander again? No, wasn't Norlander this time with his Guster is for lovers. I did see it a couple of times quickly. Did you? I didn't yes. see it. Yeah, he was uh, He was in did they move of him? self. Okay. Yeah, in this one. And very quickly, though, if, if it would be that shot that you'd mm-hmm. see it, they quickly panned away. So the game's going on and just into the game, and I'm you know, following Twitter as I normally do. Mm-hmm. And then Brent Bloom tweeted. Oh, really? Yes. About the high-stepping referee, Jeffrey Anderson. Okay. And I had no idea about the dude. Mm-hmm. So apparently you don't. No. And you're lucky because if you would have been, maybe you wouldn't have, but if you would have seen the tweet, you, I found myself watching Jeffrey Anderson uh, the African-American official on the floor last night, mm-hmm. run. And he's a high stepper. Okay. And you can see some of the video of, um, I mean, Trent, it's it's hard to miss once, you, once you're aware of the way this guy runs. Uh-huh. I mean, it looks so weird, maybe the right way. High knees the whole time? Just the whole time, up and down the floor. <laughs> I just banged my knee on the, on the desk. It just, it's... I've never seen anything like it. Why would you run that way? I'm glad that I didn't find out. Because I watched him the rest of the game. Sure, of course. And I know I'm not alone. Right. I know there's apparently, there is. I'm I'm looking at it right now. There's a fan account on Twitter. Uh, Let me get to it. I just will scroll by it. Jeffrey Jeffrey Anderson fan account, at high knees ref. And how many followers does it have? Because where does he officiate? Do, do you know? I don't know. Is I don't he even normally know the, do Big East games. Or must be. I don't know the name. It's not a name that jumps off to me. So, yeah, that's not. It's not a Ted Valentine. No, it must be good though because yes. he qualified to do the national championship game last night. Was there a point in the game that um, there was only one bad miss? Lightfoot um, was pulled back in to uh, Baycott, I thought, and they got Lightfoot for his fourth, maybe. Mm-hmm. there was one, That was about the only play that I can think of that was... I thought Leaky Black maybe got a bad whistle, one he? of those fouls, but okay. overall it was a well-efficient I thought it game. Was, you know what it was? It was um, they didn't get in the way of the game. Thank goodness for that. Right? Right. We, we, we didn't come in here this morning talking about... We talked about the floor buckling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nothing else, though, for the most part. But, yeah, thank you, Brent Bloom, for not ruining the uh, <laughs> the game. But <laughs> Bloom, go back to trolling Iowa. You're a lot better no, at And he was on it last oh, night. Oh, I'm he, sure he was. Oh, he was. He found some obscure stat that only he could dig up in advance of it and put it out there. And um, what you would expect to ensue did, did, yep. did exactly that. All right, so let's go back to those, uh, uh, those DraftKings win the division, the mm-hmm. exact or the trifecta, if you will. What do they call them? Uh, the first one is Division Straight Forecast. It's under the Team Future tab. Okay, so you have to pick the first two. First two, and then you have the trifecta, of so course. Like one, two, three. in horse racing and a yep. try and, uh Right, okay. So I asked you to find the... Uh, the uh, look, at the, the on paper, the first one that comes to your mind, well, the Dodgers are a cinch. Mm-hmm. Who finishes second? Who finishes third? Well, you can immediately eliminate the Rockies, at least I think, mm-hmm. and the Snakes. They have no chance. So then it's either... Is are the Giants second, and the Padres third, or the Pirates th- are the Padres second, and the Giants third? You're not going to get a very good price with You're these. You're not, are you? If you go Dodgers, Padres, Giants, one, two, three, Dodgers, right? One twenty-five plus one twenty-five. That's it. And what did you get on yours? Uh, with, plus eight fifty. And it seems like the White Sox are maybe not a cinch, but they're going Feeling to win the division. Good. One that also jumped out as we were just talking with Brian Walton. We feel. Brewers, pretty big gap. Uh huh. Cardinals, pretty big gap. Mm-hmm. Just those two. Figure one, out two. Who's third? Oh, just one, two. Just do one, two. Okay. And you figure out ah, the price is short. Got to be. be short. Plus one forty-five is all though. And again, this isn't a try where you need three teams mm-hmm. in order. You just need the top two. Brewers first, Cardinals second at plus one forty-five. I think that's a pretty good price there. Again, you're tying up money for all season long <laughs> till the end of September. But then all of a sudden, you got some money to lose when football season's here. Well, that's just it, right? Yeah. If you if you are struggling a little bit for the first couple of months of the season, <laughs> right. and your team wins the World Series. All of a sudden, you're flush, right? Going into the back half of the season, so I, I love betting futures. I I do. I just don't for whatever reason don't get into betting games. The game itself. I just watch it from a different perspective. Yeah, and you know it's so interesting because you watch more games than anybody. I mean, there's nobody, certainly in this market. That, I would be hard-pressed to think anybody watches more, yes. That watches more sports mm-hmm. than you do. Right. I've and if there isn't anything on, you still find something right. <laughs> sports-related that you're watching. So because of that, I would figure that day-in, day-out grind, especially baseball. Now, what if you do three games a day? Just say, every day I'm going to, and just see, and put your unit price on it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever you want it to be. And just see how you do over the course over of the season. Over the year? So you're betting, what, 15 bucks a day? Yeah, yeah. At a five-buck level, uh-huh. that's what you do. And just see at the end of the season how you come out. Is that something that would would that get you maybe a little bit more revved up? I just got to find three a day. Every morning, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to crack the newspaper. Well, I guess no newspaper. I wish. Right. But you're going to look at those odds. You're going to look at the starters. Who's going today? And I'm going to find three. Would that be enough to get you? No, I no. don't think so. I just like betting the future. It's just a bigger price. Yeah. It's a bigger payout once you get to That's that. That's that point. horse racing background for you, right? I think probably. By the way, Crawford's Jerry Crawford's got a. Um, well, we'll see. He's got a, his, his his horse Mo Donegal uh, is in a prep rate the final major prep weekend. And if it finishes in the top three, he'll be in the Derby. So good shot. Have, yeah, I think you. I think you can win the race. Okay, uh, he's in New York at the Wood Memorial. So we'll, we'll see about Crawford. All right, Heartland College Sports. Matt Postens is going to join us here uh, coming up. Look forward to talking to Postens. Uh, pick his brain a little bit on the um, on the game last night. Did you see the story last week? He also covers the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The the Jerry Jones story that was out there for like a day or two and then very quickly went away. Um, and not went away. It's still lingering. 
I don't I don't know how you was it about the kid? Yes. The illegitimate kid? Yeah, or the kid. The one that was... The kid didn't, you know, didn't bring it on himself. It was dad, <laughs> right? Exactly. It had nothing to do with it. it was a, it's a woman, right? It's a I girl, so, yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's a grown woman now. But um, if it's... And he's already given her millions. Mm-hmm. So he, he must know. Right, yeah. He's not just doing it for the fun. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look after your daughter, for God's sake. That's weird. It really, truly is. We'll take a time out. I don't think we'll bring that up with Postons. Yeah. Maybe the card. Uh, by the way, there was a major trade yesterday in the NFL. Though the uh, w- w- draft picks, the Eagles and the and the Saints doing some business. Um, they that was a that was a big trade. Do you want to take a break before we do that? No, we'll go right into them. Okay, we'll get Matt Postons coming up. Yeah, I like it for both teams. I mean, the Eagles had three first round picks. Now they're down to two, but they get an extra one uh, next year plus a second. And and the Saints. You know, if, if you're if you're in that division, right, you got to try and keep up with Tampa Bay and what they're doing. We'll see if that's going to be enough to bring in young players. If um, if they can find two starters in the draft on the offensive side of the football for the Saints, I think the uh, the uh, Buccaneers clearly are still an overwhelming favorite. But I like when you see these a lot of moving parts, draft pick wise. Uh, yesterday in the NFL, we'll see if there's more of those coming up because there's multiple teams with uh, with with two picks in the first round of the draft. We'll put the NFL conversation aside for now and get to our buddy Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports, where he covers the Big Twelve. Hello, Matt Postens. Thanks for coming on, boy. The Big Twelve. You know, obviously there was no tournament in 2020. They won it last year with Baylor. Uh, the year the uh, previous that was played, well, I guess 2019, Baylor, if it would have, should have, uh, or Texas Tech, rather, if it would have, should have cut down the nets. They have been uh, very good, uh, putting it mildly, as Kansas uh, caps it off last night. Big 12's made an impact last uh, three tournaments. Yeah, they absolutely have. And and go back to 2018, Kansas was in, the, was in the Final Four that year, too. And you talk about 2020, I mean, they could have had two number one yeah. seeds with Kansas and Baylor both playing so well at that particular moment. But, uh, you know, the, it, any conversation about the national championship uh, next season has to start with the Big 12, even though I know Kansas will take a hit. Uh, Baylor's taking some hits from graduation and stuff like that. But uh, what these teams have shown, at least just in this year with the transfer portal now, they can make mm-hmm. turnarounds happen very quickly and, and be a part of the national conversation. So, you know, it's the best conference in college basketball. I don't think anybody can dispute it at this point. They got Brown going in the second half. He was going to the rim making plays. They sped up the game. Abaji started hitting, and, and Remy Martin in the second half, oh, he was outstanding uh, after a very, very rough first half. Of the game, not the most talented Kansas team, but certainly one that'll be remembered because of this national championship. How did this all come together? There was Remy Martin problems even before his injury. There was uh, some disagreements, I think, with him himself about the role that he should be playing. McCormick at times has been in a bit of a problem, a bit of a headache for self. So, how did this all come together throughout the course of the season? Yeah, it, it was a bumpy. Bumpy season. I mean, you know, Martin with the injury, um, you know, McCormick's had his injury issues too. You know, Agbaji and Brown to me have been kind of the two constants throughout the year. Those are the two guys that have consistently played well for them all year. But, you know, really the last two and a half games, going back to the second half against Miami, there's just been a, there's been a, you know, Bill Self kind of likened it to a switch coming on at halftime of that game. And he, even he admitted, that he's not really quite sure what happened. He's never seen a team kind of flip a switch and just change everything like Kansas has the last two and a half games. But you go back to the second half, and 
I think a lot of people thought down 15 that Ochai Baji was going to have to be the one that carried them. And he had a good second half. But, you know, you mentioned Brown. You mentioned Remy Martin. You mentioned Jalen Wilson. 32 combined points in the second half. Yeah. When they needed two big baskets to win the game, they went to David McCormick, and he delivered. Um, they got great defense from Dewan Harris. They credited him for sparking that um, that comeback. And the fact that they were able to close that gap so fast, I mean, that that was what startled me the most. Yep. You know, They were down 15. They hadn't played well the last 10 minutes of the first half, and they, they cut that down to a one-possession game in 10 minutes. That was perhaps the most startling thing to me in, in terms of that turnaround. But you know, teams do this. You know, North Carolina did this. They got in the tournament, and things just kind of came together for mm-hmm. them. I saw them in Fort Worth, and they had two incredible games, uh, but especially the overtime game against Baylor. Everything just kind of came together for them. At one point, I think they were 12-8, and eight, and they ended up in the national championship game and nearly became the second eight seed to win a national title. So it's, you know, you have such a concentrated season in college basketball, and you have a lot of ebbs and flows. And I think the most remarkable thing about Kansas and the job that Bill Self did this year was he just he remained consistent to who he was as a coach. He remained consistent with the players that he played and was just patient. And just, you know, they got to a point where everything finally came together for them. Yeah, it, it, it certainly did. I mean, you think back to the, oh, whenever the, on the calendar the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge uh, came together, late January, I believe. Uh, game day's there. Uh, they're 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 at Fog Allen, Billis and Company. They're doing a big thing. Kentucky's in town, and Kentucky destroyed them. Fast forward, uh, Baylor goes. Baylor um, picks them off. TCU. Then they see TCU. Didn't they start the Big Twelve tournament with TCU? They played them back to back games, right? Those were regular season. Were they regular season? Yeah. Okay. Regular season. Okay, yeah. but but still, uh, they they split that. They didn't look as though they were playing their best uh, basketball at the right time of the year. And don't look now, they reeled off 11 straight to, at, uh, you know, the, at the Big 12 tournament and then the six to win it all. It, there is, seemingly, maybe, Matt, there is that proverbial switch that we talk about. Yeah, and you, you talk about that Kentucky game. Right after that Kentucky game, they kind of said, you know what, we're not going to play running for a bit because of the ankle. Self-acknowledged that McCormick was not going to be 100% the rest of the season. It was as if that loss sort of recalibrated his thinking about what that season might be for them. And kind of acknowledge that, you know, we've got some issues we have to work out and it's going to take some time for us to work it out. And it took them pretty much the rest of the regular season to work that out. You know, David McCormick was not terribly consistent until they got into the uh, Big 12 tournament. Remy Martin didn't get his knee right until the Big 12 tournament. But once everybody mm-hmm. got right, you know, those last eight, nine games of the year, they, they've played some of the best basketball they've played all year. So looming all over all of this, of course, is the violations, five level one violations, mm. as we're over 900 days since that was were handed down. Bill Self and company, they've doubled down and, and are pleading their case. Ultimately, many people believe they won't be eligible for next year's tournament. There might be a big, big penalty for Bill Self sitting out games, maybe even the whole season. Does that taint it in your view, looking back upon it? Does it change your perception of Kansas basketball? I know the fans don't care. They got a title and that's all they care about. Yeah. But but what does it do for you, Matt Postens? I yeah, I don't know. It, it's the the violations we're talking about have nothing to do with these guys on this mm-hmm. team. I mean, that stuff happened four or five years ago. So um the, the real thing to this and I I was talking to Pete about this on our podcast. Um I I am of the mind that I don't think Kansas is going to get punished that severely. I'm with and you. And here's why. The NCAA is 
so distracted with name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, Mm -hmm. rewriting the constitutions for the three divisions. And they've shown an utter lack of consistency in how they punish programs for these sorts of things. I mean, you talk about Kansas and these level one violations they're dealing with. They're still going through the investigative process three years later. North Carolina on the other side was a part of one of the biggest test cheating scandals in NCAA history. And the NCAA wrote that off because they said, well, you know, non-athletic students had access to it too. So, I mean, I just don't think the NCAA really cares that much anymore. And I think they're so distracted by all this other stuff that when they finally do get around to punishing Kansas, it might be a year's probation. It might be, you know, Bill Self might get like the four-day show cause that Dan Mullen got at Florida last year for recruiting. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be that severe. And I, and I think that's going to start becoming more the norm because as they rewrite this Division One constitution, I think the schools are going to start having a lot more say over how these things are applied. And I don't think the schools, especially the big ones, really care that much. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I and I totally agree with you. It wasn't these kids? Um, there, there's a cloud. There's no doubt about it. But like you, man, I'm kind of the same way. I'm just not sure that the that the hammer is going to fall as hard as as a lot of folks uh, b- believe that that it will. Uh, so let's talk about last night and. You know, I'm still. It's it's confusing a little bit as to when you talk to or read the national media on Twitter, that they can't find anybody that voted for Abaji as the most outstanding player in the tournament. Uh, that that's kind of that's kind of. I mean, it seemed like it was McCormick's award, right? Um, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the context of those two games, and it is a Final Four most outstanding player award. You know, McCormick certainly had twenty five and nine the, most, the other day, did he not? Yeah. He had the most he had the biggest impact in both of those games. Like Baji certainly had a big game and he was a big part of that semifinal win. Yeah, but six for six for he was months. less a part of that title game win. And you know, the way that ballot comes out now, you get that ballot about you know, as somebody who's voted on those before, you get that ballot about ten minutes before the end of the game. And the only thing that I can think of is that McCormick hadn't hit those two big shots at the end of the game. Yeah, it's not like you point. get to wait till the end of the game to cast that ballot. You've got to do it about, you know, five minutes before the game. And so you've, you got to make a decision. And I find it really interesting that nobody's copying to the fact that they, you know, voted for Ochai right. as the most outstanding player. It's not a bad vote. He had a, he had a great final four, but I, I think McCormick, had, you can certainly argue, had the more impactful performance of those two players. You know, we we, uh, look at this league, back-to-back national championships. It is year after year, Mm -hmm. the number one ranked league in Ken Pomeroy's rankings, any analytical system. They have championships. They have multiple teams that have done it. And yet there is change that is happening. Looking to the future, the additions of Houston, preseason top five team next year, BYU, perennial solid team, Cincinnati, historically one of the best programs, and, and Central Florida, sleeping giant here, Big 12 basketball minus mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma. It might sound crazy to it's say. It's be better. It's going to be better. I it, think it is. Are we wild here? Basketball-wise. Basketball-wise. Right yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, from a football standpoint, losing Texas and Oklahoma Huge. definitely hurts the yep. conference. But from a basketball standpoint, it doesn't hurt them that much mm-hmm. because, you know, Texas has never won an NCAA tournament title. I, I don't think Oklahoma has either. They've always been very good, consistent programs. But, you know, when you think about the Big 12, you don't think about it's not the team that immediately leaps to mind when it comes to basketball. It's right. Kansas. It's Kansas State. Yeah, it's now Baylor. It's now mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Those mm-hmm. are the schools you immediately think of. So you invite a school in like Houston, like you said, which is now an elite program. They're not 
a really good program. They're an elite program now. They're recruiting at a five-star level. Baylor's recruiting at a five-star level now. Um, you know, several of these schools now are recruiting at the same level Kansas is recruiting at, and that's why you see Tech and Baylor and Kansas in consecutive tournaments get to the national championship game because they're able to find, you know, their path in terms of how they want to develop and curate talent. And that's only going to get better. I mean, Baylor's got another five-star kid coming in in Keontae George next year. Uh, Langston Love, who was their five-star kid, set out the year with an injury. He's coming back. So Baylor's not going anywhere, even though there's going to be a lot of change at the top. And Jalen Bridges, the transfer from West Virginia, one of the schools he's considering is Baylor. So they could get better in the front court, too. So it's really it's going to be fascinating to watch over the summer how the transfer portal you know turns over. I know Iowa State's got to find some kids. Kansas is down to three kids on their Kansas State is down to three kids on their roster right now with their new head coach Jerome Tang. So it's going to be really interesting. But as TJ showed at Iowa State, Mark Mark Adams showed at yep. Texas Tech, you can turn it around really quick in one year with the transfer portal or reinforce the success that you've had previously in Texas Tech's case with the transfer portal. No, you got to be willing to do it. Joseph Yesifu, uh, Kansas. Uh, what I see this morning, Joe Toussaint is visiting West Virginia this week, yeah. so maybe he finds his way uh, in into the Big 12. Uh, you mentioned those coaches, uh, I mean, Drew and, and Adams. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrific. It's a basketball league, no doubt about that. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports as we bring it to a close. Uh, football is next. Look forward to picking your brain on that as we get closer to it. But thanks for joining us as many times as you do throughout the season, whether it be football or basketball, Matt Postens. Uh, we appreciate your contribution. Look forward to catching up with you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Matt. Right. Sounds great, man. Yep, good to talk to you. Thank you, Matt Postens. Heartland College Sports, really good resource for you Big 12 fans in the listening audience. Scott Drew has built one of the best programs in the country at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Kansas I, is Kansas. Yeah, Texas Tech. A program that was a nothing, right, for my whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Darvin Ham had one good year, right, as he's breaking backwards. That was it. That's Texas Tech now, yeah. perennially top twenty team. Yeah, fair to say with Adams I going do. forward and, and what he does defensively. We know TJ what he's doing in Ames. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, there's a Hall of Famer in in Morgantown, <laughs> right, who is going to give you a tussle right. every single time. TCU. How is he not in the Hall of Fame until this weekend? By the way, it's baffling, isn't right? it? TCU. Yeah, look what the job he's doing. And that's a team a lot of people have mm-hmm. preseason top 20. Hate the floor. <laughs> hate the floor. Yeah, hate the floor. Watching games there. Oklahoma State, they're back eligible again. Mm-hmm. And the way that that team played for Boynton this year, uh-huh. knowing that hard. ultimately there wasn't going to be anything to play there. For. And they were out there mm-hmm. competing till the very end of the season. Kansas State. Now, Nigel Pack leaving's a blow. Jerome Tang, though, a lot of people think that this is the right guy. That. Okay. He was a big part of the success of Baylor is what he yep, was able to do. True. And they went, they're going a different route, not going with the veteran coach or a guy looking to glob on somewhere instead and go that route. This league is stacked, yep. and it's going to be better. Whoa. It's going to be better. Indeed it is. We'll take our time out. Way to go to the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll see if indeed the uh, – the, you think it's going to be – I think there's going to be major, major. I do. Is, how long does would you fall off your chair of self coaching in Maui around Thanksgiving? Yes, you would. Uh, calendar turns to 2023, and the Big Twelve is underway. Would you be shocked if he's coaching in Game One? No. of the conference. I think we're going to look at probably an eight, ten, twelve game suspension uh-huh. for self. It's going to be a postseason ban, a one year postseason ban. It'll probably actually come out with two, and then they'll mm-hmm. hem and haw and go mm-hmm. back and forth, and it'll turn out to be. 
a one-year ban, and that will be kind of the teeth of it. There'll be, you know, you can't have as many recruiting visits. There'll be the different parameters that they put in there that for you and I don't mean a whole lot, Mm -hmm. but those will be a couple other pieces. But those will be the major ones that you see. Self with some kind of suspension and a postseason ban. It's five I know violations. It is, but they're very. Their response to this was to blame the other folks. Of course, sue that. That the other folks. The press release that they wrote up when when it first happened, deflecting the blame entire, calling themselves. Remember this? They called themselves victims. They were the ones. Yes. Yes, we're the victims. Read the press release. I'm not making it up. Not at all. The victim word was, it's written. And the NCAA has Bill Self telling an Adidas official, I need some real guys. What does that mean? I mean, it's not a strong-ass offer like Will Wade down at LSU. Have you seen that roster? They all left. They don't have a scholarship player. Zero. So you're saying there's playing time? Oh, I can go in there and play right away. Uh, 11.30, back to baseball. When we come back, Miller and Condon underway. Boy, more than underway. That We are in our side, our final half an hour here on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. One for podcasting. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282. 3000 It's Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1135 on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to our guy, Ryan Fagan, the Sporting News. He wrote a really good piece for you baseball fans out there. 22 things he wants to see in 2022, and I'm all for a couple of them. Actually, I think it was a colleague, uh, one of his four uh, writers at the Sporting News wrote. Regardless, I saw it on your Twitter account, and thank you for retweeting. How are you? Oh, i got to push the button here, Ryan Fagan. Let me try this again. How are you? There we are. There we are. How are you? All right. Yeah, that was that was that was my uh, the baseball editor Jason Foster. That's kind of his annual thing. His little he's twenty two things. You know, last year was twenty one, and the year before twenty, obviously. So, yeah, he has he has a lot of fun with that. You know, one thing I noticed yesterday, um, Shohei Otani's in a Major League Baseball commercial. Um, I don't remember what it was for because I was struck uh, how well he commands the English language. 
And I don't know if yeah. that was just a few lines that he memorized or he actually, you know, this, this offseason attempted um, to, to really um, learn the language. And, and he speaks relatively well. Is that something new, right? Because he always had an interpreter with him. Well, he, he still does. I think, you know, he works at that just as hard as he works at, well, maybe not just as hard, but he works at that in the same, with the same manner that he works at uh, his baseball craft. I think it's, you know, he still has his, his interpreter, okay. Ife, but um, he, he understands, you know, and he could, he could speak. I know he, you know, I was just in the Angels clubhouse um, a couple times in this past week, you know, and you could see him having little short conversations with teammates in English without the translator. I just think it's, it's, it's one thing to be able to say short things, and have little conversations. The other thing to be able to, right. you know, answer interview questions and those types of things. But yeah, you know, he is, uh, you know, I mean, he had an incredible year last year, and you know, the truth is, if he stays healthy, he could be better this year <laughs> than he was that. last year. So that's a crazy thought, but it's it's very possible. Well, we want to bounce around here, Ryan. Get your thoughts on each of the six divisions as we have the expanded playoffs now, 12 teams in, six from each of the leagues. And let's start as And we well, reside in a sports wagering state. Yes, which is an important part of it. So <laughs> looking for a little help here also probably with that, Ryan. Let's start as you look at the agate type back in the old days of newspapers at the top with the American League East. Ken's Canadian. Yeah. He likes the Blue Jays. I like this team too, man. They feel stacked up. But it's still the Red Sox and the Yankees and, of course, what Tampa's built themselves into. Mm-hmm. How do you see this division shaking out? You know, I'll be honest. I think that if I had to pick, and we're, we're doing our predictions, we have to turn them in by 10 a.m. tomorrow. So we'll All see right. how it plays out. But I, I think I like the Jays in that division. Yeah, I mean, me you know, it, it, it's very possible, you know, all 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 three wild cards come from that division. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that division gets four teams in the postseason next year. Uh, and I think the Jays have the best team. You know, they, they just do. You know, I think it's it's kind of a, you, know, you look at what the track record is of of the Rays and the Red Sox and the Yankees, and then you look at the track record of the Jays, and it hasn't been great lately. So it's easy to kind of default to picking one of those other teams. But this, this Toronto team is stacked. They've aggressively gone after mm-hmm. pieces that can be a big um, – benefit to them not just this year but in the next couple of years and i think you know i think when we look back five years from now at the american league east we're going to look at the jays in a lot in a very different light than we maybe do right now because it's it's a team that is set up to not just compete for a playoff spot for a wild card spot compete for the division crown compete for the american league title for World Series titles. I really do believe that. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, when they came into the league, what, 77? Up until this part, this uh, this point, Dave Steeb's always been my guy. He was a big Dave <laughs> Steeb fan. He was a terrific pitcher, as you recall. But, man, this Guerrero oh, yeah. uh, is something. And Bichette, they got such young talent on that team. We'll see. Let's go to the Central, where it appears to Trent and I that, man, the White Sox, I don't think that they've come back to the pack at all. I think the race is for second. Do you agree that the White Sox are... Maybe not head and shoulders, but clearly the deserving favorite to win the Central. Well, I'll say I'll say this: there's two things that, that can be true, and they're going to sound a little contradictory. But you know, the, the gap that existed last year is not the same this year in that division. You know, I don't think they wind up winning by 13 games and have a you know a double digit lead over everybody. But that's not because they're worse. 
that's because I think the rest of the division is good. Yeah. You know, I think you look at the Royals and, you know, they brought in Zach Greinke and Bobby Wood Jr. is just going to be a star. You know, he's on the big league roster now. You know, they're going to be better, right? The Tigers, the Tigers played in the last, like, three and a half months of the season. They were only, like, five or six games behind the White Sox, right, in terms of record. So, you know, you erase that bad start. You bring in the guys that they do. I mean, bring it in Austin Meadows. You know, you can see Riley Green, especially Torkelton. You're going to see guys that are the next wave of stars. I think that the Tigers are going to be you know, in that mix for a playoff spot. You know, and I think with, with the White Sox, it's just what does their pitching do? You know, Lance Lynn starting on the IL is not great. They didn't necessarily replace Carlos Rodon. They're asking a lot out of Michael Kopech. Right. So I think that's the biggest question to me is, is how does that pitching look um, and compared to the rest of the division? You know, I, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things that they could easily get to 95 wins this year, but, you know, that's not going to get them a 13-game lead in the division or whatever they finished with last year. Twins were a huge disappointment last year. They were the favorite to win the division, finish in last place. They go out, make a splash with Carlos Correa, a three-year deal that we all know is just a one-year deal with the opt-out that is available (laughs) there. But Buxton, if healthy. Correa, stud. This team's going to swing it. Is the pitching enough, though, to hang around? Do they have enough there with Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan? A lot of people like him. The youngster, he'll get the opening day start. Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer. Is there enough there to keep them around? You know they, they they need. You're you're right. I, I do. Think, I like what the Twins have. I think they're going to be much 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 better than they were last year. But the question is, is you know, they they have a they had a lot of questions in the rotation, right? I love the Sunny Gray acquisition. You know, I like the buy low risk on Chris Archer. I think you know Chris Archer could be 43 years old, and I'll still believe he's going to have a good year. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. beat the I just you know something about that guy. I like the way he beats him. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy, I don't have a whole lot of hope for him. Um, I think he had a good year a couple of years ago, and that that might be about it. But you know, I uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. They're gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And you know, I mean, if if, if we're talking about our wish list for a season, a, a healthy year from Byron Buxton might be number one. Yep. You know, and I have no attachment to the Twins mm-hmm. whatsoever, good or bad. But man, that guy's fun to watch because he's healthy, and I just think it would be amazing selfishly for me to get to watch him play 155 games at full health and just see what he can do. Yeah, that's one Jason Foster missed in his 22 things he wants to see in 2022. And I know I'll speak for a lot of Twins fans uh, in that. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the West where clearly the Astros are the favorite. I think the Mariners are going to be a major player. Um what am I missing in this Mariners team if anything? Um I don't know. I mean, you know, I love the acquisition or that not the acquisition, the call up of Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, I had the chance to meet him down in spring training last week. You know, just uh, the, the type of personality and, and energy and obviously talent. But, you know, all all these things that he brings to the to the clubhouse, not just the talent he has on the field. You know, he's, he's a star. He's going to be a star. He's going to be the type of superstar, you know, that we mentioned in, in a couple of years. In the same way we talked about, you know, Vlad Jr. and Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna Jr. a couple of years ago, right? Yep. He's that kind of talent. Is he a Wander Franco type of talent? Uh, he's right there. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, you know, he's a pretty much every scouting service, every every organization that ranks prospects and takes it seriously has him as the top three guy. You wow. know, I think he's number two at Baseball America. He's number three at MLB. dot com. He's two or three over Baseball Prospectus. You know, he's a guy that is going to be that type of star. I think that a key for 
for the the Mariners is you know what does Gerald Kelnick do? You know he had a bad. I mean he was a high a much hyped rookie last year, and he just wasn't very good. You know, he hit a couple of home runs, but that batting average stayed under uh, 200 all year. Not the batting average, and everything, but it's an example of the struggles he had to consistently hit MLB pitching. And you know if he made adjustments and if he can be the type of guy that they thought he had he he could be, you know if he and J Rod in that outfield. You know, I think, and adding Robbie Ray to the top of the rotation, they're going to be good too. And I think people are sleeping on the Angels. Yeah, we've seen a lot of problems <laughs> with the Angels mm-hmm. in the past, but if they can stay healthy, if they can, you know, if Noah Syndergaard can be the guy they expect, you know, kid Reed Detmers is going to be a a really good uh, starting pitcher for them as well. I think, you know, they can get into that conversation. I'm not going to say they're going to take the division or even a wild card, but they'll be in the conversation. In August, which hasn't happened in a long, long time. National League East, it's a stacked up one there at the top. The Braves, of course, the reigning champions. The Mets, again, spending money. The Phillies, I kind of like maybe as a dark horse there. Then you got the Marlins with all that young talent, a playoff team two years ago in the weird 2020 season. How's it shake out in the NL East? You know, I think the, the Braves are pretty clearly at the top of that division right now. You know, I mean, I, I like what the Mets have. If they can stay healthy, I mean, the fact that they're already talking about throwing an opener in the yeah. first game, maybe the second game with DeGrom and Scherzer's issues. Mm. Yeah, that's not exactly a great start to the season, but you know, I think they're going to be good. I think, it, and I'm going to say this, and it would, you know, I don't think a lot of people agree with me, it would not stun me if the Marlins finished second in that division. Wow. It, it really wouldn't. I think I like what that pitching has. I think Sandy Alcantara mm-hmm. is a guy that was massively overlooked last year. He had a fantastic year at the top of that rotation. You know, I think you look at Trevor Rogers, he was really good last year, finished second in the NL Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, he's there. Pablo Lopez is a guy I really like. You know, I just think they have a lot of arms and they have a lot of talent. They went out and got a couple of guys in Avisal Garcia and Jorge Soler that are going to add much-needed thump to that lineup. Um, you know, I think if a couple things go right, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see that because I also have, you know, I have questions about the Phillies and as much as the Mets have a lot of pieces. I have questions about them as well. We are running out of segment, and it's a good thing because with the Dodgers going to run away and hide. Uh, who finishes second to the Brewers? Who finishes second to the Dodgers? If indeed you see it that way, yeah, I, I think I think the Cardinals are pretty clearly the uh, above the other teams in that division. I think the Cubs going to be better than people give them credit for. And the Cubs going to be around five hundred, which is, is is probably more than most people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Cardinals going to be competing with. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, they have a lot of questions in the rotation with, with Jack Flaherty, his status um, in doubt. So I think that's a big thing for them. Um, but they they can hit and they can field, and that's, that's a couple things you need to do, especially the fielding part of it. Um, in, in the West, you know, the Giants aren't going to win 107 games, but, I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that win 107 games. So they'll be good again. I think the Padres will be better. I like the trade for Sean Mania that they made um, because they learned last year you can never have too much pitching. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. So I think those 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 are the teams that are going to be right now. Yeah, and it looked like they did have too much pitching. Uh, anyways, uh, Ryan, thanks for doing this. We will uh, click on your article tomorrow and see your predictions uh, as you get them uh, in print at the Sporting News. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you uh, in the weeks, months ahead. Thank you, Ryan. Great, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Ryan Fagan, Sporting News, as we talk a little MLB. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. 
Well, it's got to be NBA tonight, right? You're not. Are you going to? I like hockey. Your, you do. Eh, maybe not tonight. Wild and the Preds are the game I'm going to watch tonight. That sounds like a good no, game. No, it should be a good yeah. game. Central Division. It's on ESPN Plus, though. There's no TV of it. But anyways, we'll take our time out. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors. It's next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Guys, you need to get that vasectomy, and you know what's right around the corner. It's March. It's college hoops in the biggest way. Wall-to-wall basketball for four straight days, and how great would it be sitting in that recliner without anything on the to-do list? Get that vasectomy scheduled right now with the Urology Center of Iowa. Call them at 515-400-3550. 400-3550 or schedule it online at iowauro.com. Your recliner hoops after your vasectomy with the Urology. 45.com. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. by the club today. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-UP-WORK. Do you remember when America, the Dallas Cowboys, won their first Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and company? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online. KXNO. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. That's off. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final minute of the program here on a Tuesday. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. What are you playing tonight? We got a five-pack of NBA games tonight. I couldn't find just one or two that I liked. I like five of them. Four dogs and a favorite. Starting early. 
We get the Pacers plus 11.5. Tyrese Halliburton playing at a really high he level. Is. Pacers have not given up on the year, though they're not going to end in the playoffs. I'll grab the 11.5 with Indiana. They have no shot of getting in the play-in round? Nope. Okay. They are out. The Bulls still playing for seeding, as are the Bucks. Bulls against good teams has been a struggle. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting 6.5 at home. I got to jump on DeRozan. Put that team on your back. Give me the Bulls plus the 6.5. Spurs, I'm getting 9.5 tonight at Denver. Just got to grab it again. They're fighting for the Lakers. Memphis, always play Memphis. It's been a great money-making proposition this year. They're getting five and a half at Utah. And finally, the Lakers are done. This is the time we're going to lay the points. It's 11 and a half with the Suns. It doesn't matter. The Lakers stink. I'll lay the 11 and a half and take the Phoenix Suns. All right, there you have it. Which is your best bet? Do you have one best bet of the nah, I don't do best bets. Gotcha. I just like all five. Play all five. <laughs> And make a profit. Go That's three what we and look two. To do. That's the goal. Four and one be better. It would be. Five and zero oh would be the best. Perfect. Uh, Murph and Andy, they'll be in an hour and four minutes. The Fanatics at three. Cyclone Insider Radio. Peterson and Hines comes your way tonight at six. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. Thanks for being with us on one hundred six point three KXNO.